This is an All Ears English podcast, episode 150. Let go of your grammar obsession and speak English like a native with Idasa Ness. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast, where you'll finally get real native English conversation and fluency for business and life. We believe in connection, not perfection, when it comes to learning English. Now, here are your hosts, Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, and Aubrey Carter, the IELTS whiz, coming to you from Arizona and Boston, USA. In today's episode, you'll meet an amazing English teacher, Idausa Ness, who will teach us about his mimic method of learning languages. If you're learning English to connect with other people in real ways, and we know you are, you'll love Idausa's tips today. Listen in to this episode. Before we start, a quick message from our sponsor, Indeed. Are you hiring this quarter? In our experience, it can be a grueling process if you don't have efficient tools. But finding the right candidate who adds value to your business is so incredibly important. So why not ditch the busy work? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with great candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash AEE. Just go to Indeed.com slash AEE right now. Support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. I-N-D-E-E-D dot com slash AEE. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Aubrey, how's everything going today? I'm great. How are you, Lindsay? I'm awesome. I'm awesome. What are we getting into today? We have an awesome guest voice on the show. I'm so excited. Yes, this is going to be really fun. But first, I want to ask you, when you think of a mime, what do you think of? Oh, I think of someone just not saying anything, but making... I think of someone using their hands to make Yeah, right. To pretend they're in a box. That's always what I imagine. Someone (laughs) using their hands to make it look like they're in a box that's not really there. (laughs) And I love how sometimes people do that as a dance move. And I'm not sure what that's about. But once in a while, you'll see Uh someone on the dance floor doing like windshield wipers and Uh, doing mining actions. The sprinkler. (laughs) Yeah, the sprinkler, the lawnmower. (laughs) Yeah, all the stuff, right? That's in the bag of tricks for weird dancers. (laughs) Word mime is interesting, right? It's related to mimic, mimicking. Mm, Okay. they are a little bit different. Um, what do you think as far as the difference between miming and mimicking? Mm. So when I think of miming, I really think of a performer. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Actions, um, right? Yeah. yeah. Actions, a performer. Um, when I think of mimic, I think of more of an act, an activity, something you might do you know, actively on purpose. So a yeah. little bit different. I think yeah. of it more like copying, whether that's copying the way someone speaks or what they're doing. It's mm-hmm. more like an exact copy copy, right? We talk about shadowing and mimicking being to copy someone's pronunciation or accent. And that's different than miming, which would be Mm. more to um, imitate their actions or some kind of Mm. um, activity. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mimicking, miming, slightly different, slightly different. Is this what our guest talks about on today's episode? 
Yeah, we have a special guest today, Idauza Ness from The Mimic Method. And his YouTube channel has tons of awesome video lessons for free to help you along your fluency journey through sound training. Mm. So we're going to ask him about some mistakes that he sees students making when they learn English. Yeah, I think the biggest um, issue people have learning language in general, but especially in English, mm -hmm. is approaching the language through the written language. And the problem with that is that at the end of the day, when we communicate in English, we're communicating with sound. And when you do it in writing, we don't really write things the way we sound. What happens then is um, people, you know, they'll try to learn song lyrics, or they'll try to learn anything really, and they'll see the written words, mm -hmm. and it won't fit into the actual musicality of it. So that's actually how I came up with my technique for teaching pronunciation was kind of solving that problem I had personally learning languages through music, which is, oh man, like he's saying these words, but he's always saying this many syllables. <laughs> right. he's, chop he's chopping words up or he's combining them a little bit. That is so true. Mm. This is a great way to learn, right? Through music. Yes. Yeah. I mean, everyone loves music, right? Why don't we use material that we really enjoy? Exactly. And singers can exaggerate stressed syllables and it's more natural. And that can be a great lesson to help students. For sure. And then when we think about sounds of consonants and vowel sounds, these can be heard and learned through music. So yes. is there, when you're learning a language, are there, mm -hmm. do you do this? Do you seek for bands? Do you look for yeah. music to help you learn? Ooh, that's a great question. I remember when I studied in France just for a week as a high schooler, right? I did the whole study abroad for a week with your school trip. Um, and I remember loving the disco stuff or the, uh, mm. you know, the techno vibe and getting really into that and being interested in the words. Yeah, in and the there songs. are multiple benefits there, right? You've got the cultural yeah. aspect, mm -hmm. you've got the lyrics, but it's mm -hmm. interesting to think about these specific sounds and when you hear them in music that it might be easier to recognize them, right? Yeah. So take, totally. for example, there's a song from um, Temple of the Dog, a group from the 90s, ah. and their most famous song is Hunger Strike. And they have these lyrics that says, I don't mind eating bread from the mouths of decadence. And you have both of the examples of weak and strong vowels, the T and the D. So if you're going to listen to that and analyze it, you start seeing how natives pronounce sounds more strongly or more weakly. Right, right. And you, at some point you want to sing along, right? Because you actually enjoy the song. Yes. And then you have that automatic, automatic mimicking where it's fun, it's interesting, and you're mimicking these native sounds in a very natural way. I love it. So good. So good. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we're going to hear from Idalsa a bit more. I mean, what else are we going to learn from him? Yes. He speaks Spanish, French, Portuguese, and Chinese. So let's learn how he studied these. Uh, yeah, and to a different degree for each one, um, the more recent ones, a lot more. Uh, what I've always done is I've always focused on mimicking people. That's always been my priority. Okay. Um, you know, my first language I learned was Spanish. And when I went to Mexico, for example, I, I always wanted to sound just like the people. Mm -hmm. And um, through that process of really listening and getting all the details, mm -hmm. it allowed me to learn everything else in the language much faster because I was able to you know, interact with people, hear what they're saying and describing, mm -hmm. and then mimic it and then incorporate it into my own Spanish or later on Chinese and Portuguese and French. This is interesting mm. to see that he's focused a lot on mimicking, right? But not yes. only listening, right? Interacting. Mm. And he notes that he consciously incorporated these details into his own Spanish. Yes. 
Did you do a lot of mimicking when you were learning languages? Oh my gosh, 100%. Especially Spanish, you know, traveling. I was pretty immersed Mm -hmm. when I learned. I traveled all over South America and backpacked and lived with locals and worked in the language. I mean, all sorts of things. So I had to. And we've talked a lot in recent episodes about mimicking in your head, right? Just kind of repeating the words right in your head so you can always have that kind of laboratory. (laughs) Yes. And what's interesting because, of course, being able to actually do this in a country where people speak English is the easiest. Yes. But we don't always have that option, right? We know that all of you listening out there, not all of you are um, surrounded by English. So this is going to be really great here because Iroase is going to let us know about how you can do this from home. Um, yeah, I mean, TV, I mean, you use music specifically as a tool to mm-hmm. get into the very details of the sound because a lot, you know, you can slow down music, go and listen to the different sounds individually, practice it over and over again. But that just builds your foundation. Ultimately, mimicking is through listening to real native speakers, mm-hmm. which um, if you can't do that in a travel setting, best way is to, you know, consume as much media as possible, whether it's television, movies, Mm -hmm. and that's just one end for understanding. The other end is actually speaking with people as well. So you can do that by Skype, different kind of meetups in your hometown as well. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's all about maximizing the amount of sound you're creating and sound you're hearing. That's really beautiful, right? That Mm. thought about maximizing the amount of sound you're hearing and the amount of sound you're creating. Oh, I love that idea. Maximize. That is a great verb. Yes, to take get the most out of it, we think about maximizing. And what a great motto to think about doing this as much as possible and creating this balance between input and output. Because yeah. I think a lot of us get in that habit of bringing in a lot of output and not focusing on any input. We're not taking mm-hmm. those opportunities to speak. And it really needs to be a balance. Yeah, I think a lot of us feel that we have to be ready to speak, right? Mm -hmm. Where someone is going to tap us on the shoulder and say, you are officially ready. (laughs) Yes, right. And we sometimes will think, well, to do any output, I have to have another person there to communicate. Mm -hmm. But like you said, that's not always possible. You can do this in your own mind or out loud, mimicking by yourself. That's still output. Yes, 100%. Guys, don't forget that. There are ways, you know, there are ways we have to take responsibility for our own learning. It's easy to say, I can't find a native speaker, so I can't practice. No, that is not the thing to say. Right, Aubrey? Yes, exactly. Okay, so what do teachers say, though? Yeah, some teachers will say that students should take in a lot of English before they ever start speaking. I think that is where this sort of myth comes from, that we feel like we need to be fluent before we should start speaking. Mm -hmm. I disagree with that very, very strongly. I think if you're spending all this time bringing in output without speaking, you will get demotivated because you don't see the results. You're not having that excitement of communicating with someone in another language. You can't treat it like every other subject. Yeah. And also you want to have ownership of the language. And the only way you're going to start to take ownership of it is by using it. Right. As you said, the excitement of seeing yourself actually have a real connection. You guys come back to connection. That's what it is. Get a connection with someone. Right. And then that's the motivation to keep going. But if you don't participate, you're just not going to feel motivated to keep going. Yes, exactly. So true. So here's our next question for you, When should students start using the language out loud? There's a misconception, it's a a false idea that if you practice something wrong in the beginning, you're going to build a habit. Mm -hmm. That's not true. Like anything you learn, 
you're going to suck really bad at it the first. Like you'll <laughs> sure. never get it perfect the first sure, time. Sure. The only and thing you have to worry about is that if you, um, you have to keep your ears open so that um, mm. when you make mistakes or you say things wrong, right. you, you can hear yourself doing it wrong and then adjust. Right. If you don't adjust, yeah. then that's a problem. Right. So that's like a meta skill, being able to see yourself make that mistake and make that change immediately. Yeah. It's more, it's more kind of like, once again, it's based on how much sound you're putting in. Mm-hmm. For example, if I'm, in a place and I, and I say something a certain way or I hear someone say something a certain way, mm-hmm. um, I can say, oh, I, I don't usually speak that way, but now I will. I'll mimic it under my breath and then I make that quick change. Oh, I think that's so true. You just have to keep your, your ears open, right? Be able to hear yourself make a mistake. Yeah, I love this. And it sounds like it's important that he said that, you know, if he hears someone say something in a certain way, he makes the sound, right? Um, he, he knows he's doing it wrong, had been doing it wrong previously. Mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. he goes and he mimics it under his breath. So it's really about looking out for those opportunities, guys. If you know me, you know that I value healthy eating. I always feel better when I eat well. That's why I think Factor is great for busy professionals who also value healthy food. Factor provides ready-to-eat meals right to your door. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Cost is an issue these days when it comes to buying food, but Factor is less expensive than takeout. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash B-A-E-E 50 and use code B-A-E-E 50 to get 50% off. That's code B-A-E-E 50 at F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash B-A-E-E five zero to get 50% off. Yes, right. Focusing on observing and Mm self-correction and then also being willing to really hear how others sound, what they're saying, and how it's different from the sounds that we're producing, right? Mm-hmm. Recognizing we're going to stay stuff wrong at first. Everybody yeah. does. And that's yeah. okay. And as he said, it doesn't mean we're going to make that mistake forever, as long as we have like our ears open and our eyes wide open to yes. these corrections, these moments, these opportunities. It's not about being in the classroom. It's not like you walk into a classroom. Now's the time to fix my English. No. Yes, <laughs> right? it's exactly. out in the world. And I think it's such a mistake to think of, of one accent as being the perfect accent to mm-hmm. strive for, right? Mm-hmm. There is There are so many accents in English. The accent you have in English is beautiful. You want to strive yeah. to be understood and make connections. connections. Not always necessarily to uh, to have and maintain a specific accent. Exactly. Exactly. I totally agree. All right. What else do we need to know from Idausa? Yes. Let's hear this next clip. As, as you're getting about the mimicry approach yeah. is that um, um, when you focus too much, I mean, we don't really focus much on learning grammar rules or anything. Mm-hmm. It just, once again, just mimicking, you get it wrong most of the time. Eventually you get it right. Exactly. But if you focus more on uh, constructing sentences by conjugating in your head, Mm-hmm. It restricts your ability to 
to pick up new things. Sure. So, and uh, you know, for example, I, I don't believe once again in uh, like proper grammar or anything. I just think mm-hmm. I just believe in communicating with people the way they are used to communicating. Oh, this is amazing. It's so true that you can't force yourself to communicate like you learned in a textbook when people don't actually talk like that. (laughs) It's so true. It's just not how language works. Yes, exactly. Right. He gave this example that if you're talking to a guy in Boston and refuse to communicate the way he does because of a rule, maybe that you learned in a textbook in your head that will get Mm. in the way of connection. Or I could see this if you hear someone use incorrect grammar and you're wanting to communicate to uh, correct them. It gets in the way of that connection. Oh my gosh, totally. Right. Why are we here? Are we here in the world to be correct or are we here to be connected? Right. Exactly. I would rather be connected. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. Like for both of us studying Spanish, we've mm-hmm. seen things like this. For example, vosotros, right? Mm-hmm. If we learn about that um, with Spanish, um, Spanish, Spain, mm-hmm. the, the Spanish yeah. they speak European in Spain. Spanish. And then we go to Mexico and they don't right. use it. Yes. And it might sort of stop our conversation if we're <laughs> concerned about that or should I use it or not, we end up maybe thinking too much about the grammar instead of just having a conversation. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. So important. Oh, man. And I think every language probably has certain habits where they will make mistakes on purpose. You know what I mean? In certain regions. To be more informal or something like that. Yeah. We do that all the time in English or we we let it go. Like we've talked about this on on the podcast before with grammar, with the conditional. You know, we make mistakes on purpose sometimes because it would sound weird to always say it correctly. As a really good example of this is ending sentences with a preposition. Teachers mm-hmm. will teach you not to do this, to not oh, do this in yeah, writing. That's a great example. But it is so much more formal. Like, for example, we say, Who are you going to the party with? You know, mm-hmm. we would never say, sure. With whom are you going oh. to the party? It's so formal and awkward sounding. Another great episode idea. Right. <laughs> you have all your ideas. Fantastic. Actually, I don't think we've talked about that before on the podcast. Guys, make sure you hit follow on this show, by the way. We have been coming out with some fantastic episodes. You want to get in on this. So hit follow wherever you listen to this show. Yes, for sure. And this is so vital that you don't want to be following grammar rules that somebody wrote in a textbook that people don't really use or yeah. or they just sound strange if they use, right? Because it's mm-hmm. about communicating, connecting. And that's what Idausa says. And we definitely agree. Oh, 100%. Do we have any more clips from, from Idausa or where are we going here? Yes, we want to talk about people who are taking IELTS or TOEFL. Mm-hmm. If um, people do need to learn more formal English, what about mm-hmm. that, right? Let's hear what Idausa says Good about question. that. Yeah. It's always easier to become fluent in conversational, like street English mm-hmm. or any other language, and then from there, learn the standardized academic. Oh, that's a really good point, right? Yes. So the idea of, you know, it is easier to learn that <clears throat> English on the street then, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. That's how we learned, you and I, right? We learned <laughs> on the playground yeah. and we learned formal <laughs> stuff in class, but... yeah. Yeah, if you are trying to learn a language and really want to make connections, mm-hmm. that using that textbook English is not the way to do it. Yeah, and you know, at some point when we start with a base of the street English, then we can add on the more formal yes. English. You know, the IELTS has certain sections where you do want to be a little bit more formal, right, Aubrey? I mean, you are an expert in IELTS. Exactly. Are there sections right? like speaking part three? What do you think? Yeah, speaking part three, you're a little more <clears throat> formal, and especially on your writing, your essays, you are going to use those more formal grammar structures, more formal vocabulary. You don't use slang and idioms, right. and you know, a lot of the th- the way we would speak spoken mm-hmm. English. You have to avoid that for 
IELTS writing. So this is very different. You have to compartmentalize a little bit, separate it out in your mind. Am I using formal speech for writing or formal, you know, grammar structures for writing? Or am I just trying to communicate with someone in spoken English? And it's going to be very different. Yeah, we need the whole spectrum of English, right? We need it all. And by the way, if you guys are looking to prepare for IELTS, getting started on the exam, go and find the IELTS Energy podcast. Aubrey is over there with Jessica twice a week giving you guys awesome advice. Yes, everything you need to know in order to get your seven or higher on the IELTS exam, strategies, vocabulary, and how to use it. So be sure to follow IELTS Energy wherever you find your podcasts. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, what are we going to leave our listeners with here today? Well, I think, you know, of course, encouraging you to learn with songs, I think, Mm -hmm. is helpful. It's not going to be for everyone. You might not find that that's um, particularly useful for you, but try it because you don't know until you try it, right? Yes. And you can use a free program called Audacity to listen to songs more slowly. And some media players will allow you to listen to something more slowly, podcasts or music. Mm -hmm. And that might help to listen to something at half speed to get the lyrics better, to hear that pronunciation and then mimic it. Yeah, I mean, you can do this with podcasts too. Like most podcast Mm -hmm. players do allow you to put uh, 0.5 speed or 0.25 speed, okay? Guys, so give that a try. Yeah, definitely. You can always do both. Listen to it more slowly for to make sure you get the gist and then try listening to it faster the second time and you're going to understand more at regular speed. All right. The idea here is open your mind, guys, to getting away from the textbook, away from the classroom. I like that Idausa has really opened our minds here, given us some real ways to make it happen. Yes, definitely. Check out his site, mimicmethod.com and his YouTube channel of the same name. Thank you so much for coming today, Idausa. This is a really (laughs) awesome interview. Yeah. Awesome. And thanks for hanging out with me today, Aubrey. I'll talk to you very soon. Yes. Bye, Lindsay. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Ears English. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, follow our show wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.